There's a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And our guests this week are Muhlenberg men's lacrosse stars of the past and present, Mickey Norton and Ethan Grossman. Mickey Norton is a 2008 graduate of Muhlenberg and was the program's all-time leader in both points and assists. That was until Ethan Grossman came along. Ethan broke Mickey's career record of 123 points two years ago and topped his mark of 79 assists just last Saturday at McDaniel. All right, Ethan, welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, Coach Mickey Norton, welcome to you as well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mickey, you were uh, number two when you played for the Muhlenberg lacrosse team, and now you're number two in the record books as of... uh, as of Saturday on the Muhlenberg <laughs> all-time assist list, uh, Ethan has passed you on the uh, in the record book. You had you had seventy-nine assists, and and Ethan has eighty. They say records are made to be broken. Uh, how do you feel about having your record broken? I completely agree. It, it's funny. I talk with uh, you know a bunch of my friends all the time. We have a group chat that we're always talking, and I, you know I'm very close with Kyle Ferris, who you know uh, Ethan will be breaking his records as well. You know, and we just say the same thing that, you know, they're, they're meant to be broken, you know, and that just means that players are having success. The team is having success. And, you know, that's what you ultimately want as an alumni, as a fan. So uh, couldn't be couldn't be happier for him in the program. Right. And, um, you know, I think the interesting thing about about this is that you guys know each other a little bit from uh, Ethan, your last four years at Muhlenberg. How, how did you guys get to know each other? Actually, uh, it was, I want to say his freshman year, uh, they played Fairleigh Dickinson and I live probably like 20 minutes away. My brother graduated from there. So we both, you know, hit each other up and like, all right, let's go to this game. We'll kind of root against each other. And, you know, very quickly you could see uh, his presence, uh, Ethan, when he was playing. And I remember not knowing anything about him at that time. I knew a bunch of the upperclassmen. And I remember after the game, just running over to uh, Coach Plunkett and uh, Coach Winter um, and just asking who he was, asking about him and, and you know, you could see right away how special he was. So, you know, I just kind of tracked him as the years were going along, you know, kind of like how we've always done with just the team and players. And then when I noticed just his individual success, I reached out to Coach Plunkett and Coach Winter and said, you know, would it be okay if I got his phone number? You know, I just love to reach out to him, congratulate him and just, you know, wish him luck, you know, as he's going forward. Uh, you, you just, you love to see players like him, you know, and then obviously with the success of the program that comes with it. Yeah, and Ethan, for you, that has to be kind of cool. I mean, when you look at the, records on our on our website you know there's a list of names for you you're now looking at all those names in your rear view mirror but you know for a lot of people <laughs> for, for a lot of players that's just names that you see it has to be cool to actually have a, a, a kind of relationship with one of the people that that you had been chasing on that list yeah it, it is very cool and uh, over the past four years me and mickey actually he texts me after every game which is great and we discuss the game and not too many people know that and it's great to build a relationship with someone like him so I feel that I hope I could have that relationship with someone in the future when someone breaks my records. And I'm really hoping for that. Yeah, and uh, we were just talking before, and it'll be hard for someone to, to break <laughs> some of your records. Good luck. Um, <laughs> you have uh, four, almost four years in the book and, and two more coming, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait. 
obviously with the NCAA rules, not using eligibility last year, not using eligibility this year, you know, you're going to come back. And what, what graduate program are you going into? Uh, master's in organizational leadership. And then you, you're, you're going to play for the next two years. So you're going to put a lot of distance between yourself and, and Mickey and, and everybody else on that list, potentially. So when you guys talk uh, after games, what, what sort of things do you talk about? You know, like I said, so once I started to like reach out and stuff, uh, you know, I kind of got a little background on him first, you know, speaking with uh, Coach Plunkett and Coach Winter, and they could not be more complimentary of him and just the type of person he is. And, and when you hear that, obviously, as an alumni, and when you want to reach out to kids, um, you know, you don't know what kind of relationship you'll be able to strike up. And it was just so natural. It was easy. You know, we just always talk and shop. You know, and again, the thing that you love about him and you can just tell based on his character is he never talks about himself ever. I mean, I'm the one doing the bragging for him and me and all my buddies, we sit there like, oh, did you see Ethan today? See the game he had? And um, he never talks about himself. It's always like, yeah, we got a big win or, uh, you know, we, we should have got that one. And it's just you know, and being a coach now, like those are the guys you want to coach. So I, 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 I envy Coach Plunkett and those guys and, and having players like that. And it's just uh you know, it's easy to have those conversations after games and it's always just productive ones. Yeah. And Ethan, what, what, what do you try to get out of those, uh, those conversations that you have with Mickey after games? I mean, it's more, we're just talking about lacrosse. It's not, it's not really, we're talking about me or anything. I like to just talk about lacrosse because I just, I breathe it. And I feel like we just have, we just have normal conversations as friends now, which is great to have because I don't like talking about myself because I feel it's a, it's a team game. You need 11 guys to be on the field and, or 10 guys on the field. And the success comes from every guy on the team. So it's not about me. It's about the whole team. And I just feel that's most important to being a successful player is having great surrounding guys. So you, you said you don't like talking about yourself. You like talking about the team. But how do you feel about having, uh, having broken these records? You know, last year or two years ago, you became the leader in points. The assist record you just broke the other day. Two goals. Uh, you'll become the all-time goal scoring leader. That has to mean something to you to have broken all those records. It, it means a lot to me because I do put in a lot of extra time by myself. I'm always shooting before games. I, I go out every Wednesday and Friday when I have free time without classes and I just work on things that I want to work on. And throughout my whole life, I've always just been a smaller guy and I always had to work hard to be the best I could be. So all that hard work really makes me feel happy about myself. And also it means a lot to my father also because he works with me constantly throughout summers he's coming with me to the field he's slashing me with a stick shooting up with me like hitting me like working on things that I need to work on and he's very hard on me which I love and I give a lot to him because he makes me a better player he watches film and really helps me grow as a player so I have to give a big shout out to my father on my success because he pushes me as far as I can go to be the best yeah and you said that's you're awesome. a small you're a smaller guy that's something uh, that's something you have in common with Mickey <laughs> A small guy's got to stick together. That's how it goes. Oh, yeah. Got to play I, I, big heart, right? He's gotta, you got to wear your heart on your sleeve. That's it. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Um, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, looking at your career stats. So, Ethan, as of this point, you have exactly 100 goals and 80 assists. Um, nice round numbers. Mickey, you had the 79 assists, but you only scored 44 goals. Were you, were you always more kind of like a, a look to pass first, a look to get your teammates involved first and try to score yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I played point guard in basketball. It was just something, you know, uh, kind of even, you know, my father too, talk, you know, Ethan talking about his dad is just something he always kind of instilled in me too, you know, just to kind of keep your eyes up, keep your head up. And when I, you know, always had that vision in basketball. So when I was introduced to lacrosse, it just came naturally. I just, uh, again, I'm not a bigger guy. So I always use my quickness and speed and, 
you know, I felt when I break somebody down or a slide came both, you know, in both sports, I, I always looked for that extra guy. And for me, I don't know what it was. You know, I, I felt like I got it more in lacrosse, but you know, watching a teammate score was amazing. You could watch some like old film and a lot of my buddies would laugh at it. I'd be celebrating more when one of my buddies would score. And you know, the one I always talk about is Kyle Ferris. I mean, when you have a guy like that on your team, it's pretty easy to get a lot of assists. So, you know, and, and it's funny, we, he had an orange uh, stick. I had like a pink stick and we always just kind of, I knew where that orange stick was at all times. So if I was breaking a guy down, I was finding that orange stick. And, uh, you know, after he'd score, I'd sprint over and headbutt him or, you know, high five him. And just the excitement you get from, from feeding a teammate. And, and that goes for all the teammates. You know, I had such great bonds with guys on the field over the four years. You know, even early on in my career, too, I got to play with a guy, James Robinson, who was just so good around the crease. And, and for me, I felt like I can throw anything that way. You know, when you have teammates like that, it just makes it more enjoyable. But yeah, no, definitely more a, a pass guy first. And uh, I would get yelled at probably for not shooting more um, just because, you know, I did have the quickness to break guys down. But I don't know what it was. I felt like I was just more confident in my feeding ability than shooting ability. And if, if I do have any kind of regret, it's maybe not taking advantage of some of those shooting opportunities. But I think I had more trust in the guys on my team with their shooting ability, you know, than mine. Right. And uh, so, Ethan, you have uh, have you ever been yelled at for not shooting enough? Oh, uh, no, I'm a little trigger happy. So I, I, like, I like to shoot the ball a lot. And but my, my thought process always is if, if I get an assist, two people are happy rather than one. But I actually came into college being more of a shooter. And I wasn't I wasn't I wouldn't say selfish, but I wasn't really a feeder in high school. I had a great attack man by my side who is currently at Princeton and he was my feeder and I was just a shooter in high school. So I adapted into college in my freshman year. I was a little selfish at first, but then. I learned how to keep my head up and kind of adapt to being more of a feeder. Right. So what you have, um, you know, you have all these goals and, and, and all these assists. Um, is, is there something you get, you get more satisfaction out of a goal or out of an assist these days? Uh, more of an assist. Cause again, what Mickey said, you get to celebrate with your teammates. It's, it's more fun making a great pass and then someone scoring or say, I draw a slide and move it. And he moves it to someone else in the scores. And uh, it's a team goal. And we, we emphasize a hockey assist. A second assist is a great assist. Say, I draw a slide, move it, move it. Someone scores. That's it's three people that are happy there. And not too many people look at that kind of stat. But I look at that when someone draws a slide and moves it to me and I bang it to someone and they score. It's them who did all the hard work. I'm just Absolutely. looking up and passing the ball up. Right. And, um, you know, you and, uh, along with this thing of, of, of being a team game, um, you know, you, you guys both came to Muhlenberg under um, uh, similar circumstances in, into a program that, that was really struggling. Um, Mickey, when you arrived, uh, Muhlenberg was just in its uh, third year as a, as a varsity program. Um, you know, really, really right. kind of took its lumps against the more established Centennial Conference teams uh, in the first couple of years. And, and Ethan, you also came into a, a program that, was, that had gone through some down years and, and hadn't won many games in the conference. So I, and both of you helped turn the program around. Mickey, your senior year, the, the Mules made the Centennial Conference playoffs, one of their best years ever. Um, you know, Ethan, the um, Muhlenberg making, making the ECAC playoffs a couple of years ago and, and, and now um, being, being very competitive in the Centennial Conference. Both of you guys as, as, as really good players, I, I imagine you had opportunities maybe to go to other places where you might have had a chance of, of more team success right away. What was, what was involved in, in deciding to come to Muhlenberg and maybe 
taking a leap of faith and, and, and trying to help a ter- turn a program around. I think exactly what you're saying too. Like I, I looked at a couple of different schools, you know, one of the bigger schools I looked at was Cortland state in uh, upstate New York. And I remember taking the recruiting trip and I remember having a great conversation with a coach about, you know, just the honesty of you may not play until your junior year, you know, but you'll be a part of something great. And you know, that, you know, as a 17 year old teenager, it all sounded great. But I remember hearing about Muhlenberg from some other friends and my buddy Tim Martin and uh, Jared Mazzi, two guys I went to high school with. We all kind of went on a recruiting trip there and we just fell in love with it. We both come, you know, we we came from a small high school, so we loved the small school atmosphere. And just the moment we met the team, that's what it was, how close they were, how they were talking about what they want to build. And, you know, there was a senior at the time, Bradley Lutzer, who was, you know, very instrumental in, you know, getting this program going and kind of really taking the uh you know the team and just kind of you know building right and just having people kind of mold you know to him and kind of be attracted to him and his leadership and you know when we hung out with those guys on our recruiting trip we just fell in love and we literally all decided they're like we're coming here you know and then when we got to meet guys like Mike Brown and Kyle Ferris James Corley uh, you know a lot of these guys that we ended up becoming friends with we just made that pact you know like that we were never going to be separated we're going to stick this out for four years and that was it you know and, and I you know as a coach now that's what I'm always telling kids like you know yes talent goes a long way and, and you be you're attracted by some of these bigger d3 schools and d1 schools and even you know some of our teams in our conference are phenomenal programs but uh it was the you know the, the idea that you, you're going to play right away you're going to make an impact and uh you're going to build towards something and I will put our, you know, our class up with uh, the best of them, just as far as how close we were, how we, you know, took our lumps in the beginning, you know, uh, we wrote it out for the four years. And then, you know, obviously the success we had senior year just was the icing on the cake. You know, it was just, it's, we always look back on, uh, you know, what would have happened if a couple of us didn't come here? You know, what if we all had other schools we were looking at and some may, you know, were better schools lacrosse wise at the time, but uh it was just uh, amazing what we all went through and how we stuck it out and, uh, you know, uh, zero regrets whatsoever. Hey, Ethan, how about, how about you when you were considering Muhlenberg? So for me, I was actually committed to Cortland state. I don't think we've <laughs> ever talked about that, but I committed there. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. So I was committed there my junior summer of uh, high school, but I didn't really go through a lot of recruiting because I played hockey my whole life and I stopped hockey in 10th grade. And I went to sleepaway camp. I loved sleepaway camp. And I never really thought of going. I, I wanted to play college lacrosse, but I never really put in the work of sleepaway camp. But then after I quit hockey, I really turned it up and worked a lot on my craft. And I went to a showcase and then Coach Plunkett reached out to me. And I looked into the school and academically, I didn't have the grades at that point. But I worked my butt off uh, in, in, in school to to get here. And I just feel like it was a great opportunity to come here. And I didn't really know too much about the program, honestly, but I'm, I have no regrets on coming here. I made the best friends in the world. I got to study abroad, which is one of the things I really want to do. And our culture has changed tremendously. Like we were, we lost to Dickinson 19, six, my freshman year, and we just beat them 15, nine. That was one of the best experiences I've ever had and growing with my teammates. It's, it's an unreal feeling and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I recommend kids coming to our program now because I think we're going to be Centennial Conference champions soon. You know, and, and Mickey, you're the head coach now at, uh, at Booton High School, the, the men's lacrosse program. Yep. You guys won a championship recently, which was pretty cool, right? Yeah, back in 2017, and it was a, a similar experience. That senior class was my very first freshman class when I came in. And it's, you know, it's my alma mater, so 
know, a little bit of pressure when you came in the first couple of years, you know, just trying to turn the program around and, uh, yeah, that freshman class, uh, stuck it out for four years and, you know, it was a special group. Same thing. We just went on a really great run, uh, first conference championship since my senior year, actually back in 2004. So it's been great. You know, it's just been a, a great experience. You know, I, I as a competitor, you, you miss every bit of playing, but I don't know. There's something about coaching that uh, just brings out those competitive juices, and it's just it just feels good to uh, to get back to it. I got my I was telling Ethan I got my first game today, so it's uh, you know I was excited to do this. I'm excited for the first game. Uh, you get those pregame jitters and stuff, and it, there's just nothing that compares. Yeah, and you've sent one of your players to Muhlenberg, uh, Ben Melgard, who's a freshman uh, long stick midi on the Mules right now. Yep. Talk, talk about how, how that came about to be. I, I imagine you uh, you were encouraging him to uh, <laughs> to check out the Mules. So yeah, before I speak about Ben, it, it's uh, it's pretty comical. Like when, when I'm coaching, it's so funny. As 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 immersed as I am into the game, I'm always like watching opposing players too. And if a kid has a good game against us, like I'm the first one to walk over, shake his hand, awesome game. You know, what grade you in, where you're going? Like, I'm always, like, recruiting for Muleberg. It's hilarious. Or if I find out a kid is going there, I'm, like, having a conversation with him after the game while my team's waiting for me to go talk to him after the game. But, you know, for Ben, it was uh, same thing. He came in as a freshman. I mean, highly, highly, you know, sought-after uh, player when he was younger. And, and a kid I always watched in the youth. And, I mean, you see how tall he is. He was always a big presence. And he came in freshman year. And that's when we won the conference championship when he was a freshman. And, my goodness, he had an unbelievable year that year. and. Uh, same thing. Like he was getting looked at by some really big schools. And as the time went on, I kind of let him just go through the process. And I would say junior year is when I kind of find that avenue. And I just started pushing Muhlenberg, you know, and I was talking to coach Plunkett and, uh, you know, he went on the recruiting trip and you know, that was around the time when I was building a relationship with Ethan and I, uh, uh, Matt Burke, I also know as well. Uh, I coached him in football at Montville. So when he transferred there, same thing. You know, when, when I was talking to uh, Ben and having him go on the crew ship, I was like, hey, you got to look out for this guy. And, you know, can't think of two better guys who would be upperclassmen to kind of look out for one of your guys going on a recruiting ship. And same thing when he was there. I remember he texted me, he was out with some of the guys. He's like, coach, that's it. I'm coming here. You know, he didn't even think twice about it. We immediately got on the horn, you know, reached out to some of the other schools he was looking at. And it was like, that's it. It's a done deal. And uh, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I know it's things we can't come to the games, but, you know, I speak with his parents, you know, after the games or before the games and any chance I get, especially on the Saturdays, I'm putting it up on the big screen. And uh, these past couple of games, watching him get in uh, has just been a, an amazing feeling. I always said I wanted one of my guys to go to Muhlenberg and, uh, you know, I'm glad it was him because he's a, he's a special, special young man. Yeah, don't stop there. Keep keep sending them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ethan, have you gotten to know Ben uh, pretty well? I have, and he's a, he's a good defenseman. He has some, uh, some interesting checks. He is like 6'4", <laughs> and he, there was a time where I had, I had maybe two steps on him, and he just sticks his stick in there and knocks the ball right out, and I was just, I was just wowed by it because his lankiness is just, he uses that to his advantage. All right, so he's maybe we'll see. Uh... He has a bright future. Yeah, so maybe we'll see uh, we'll see more. Of course, with you playing the next two years, you'll have have more opportunity to uh, to play with him as as you both continue your careers at at Muhlenberg College. So we're talking with Ethan Grossman, the Muhlenberg all time leader in assists and points, and Mickey Norton, whose records he broke. Ethan, just uh, this Saturday, you play Washington College, a chance to break Kyle Farris's record for goals. You're just one away from tying and two from breaking. But I assume the first thing on your mind is, is beating Washington College. Yes, of course. That's the main goal of the weekend. I'm not even thinking about the goals record at all. 
we haven't beat them, I think, in 19 years. I think that's the, the fact right there. Oh, so, my goodness. Please, like please take them so, down. <laughs> so that's that's the that's the plan. We just want to we just want to beat them. We're, we're preparing for them this week for five days and hopefully we can get it done this weekend. Yeah. And, and for the team, you know, last year, such a great start, five and oh, you know, showing a lot of promise and a lot of potential. And then, of course, the season was was cut short this year. Some some hiccups at the start, but you have to be really happy with how the team is progressing. Like you said, that that big win against Dickinson, that was two weeks after going to quadruple overtime against them and losing, just dominating them at home. It really has to make you feel good about the direction of the program and the direction of the team. And that was a big win for us, honestly. And we were pretty down after losing uh, to them in four overtimes, but we were missing some guys. And Dickinson was the uh, second Dickinson game was the first time we had a full roster and we took advantage of it and we plan to not stop right now. So um, before we let you guys go, we like to end all of our podcast with some getting to know you type questions. So let's start with you, Ethan. What's your favorite quote? So my high school coach told me this quote, when the going get tough, the tough get going. And he, uh, he plays in the Premier Lacrosse League right now. And he tore his ACL right before the USA World Games. And then I tore my ACL a couple of weeks, like a couple months later. And he would remind me every day. I would text him when like I was struggling through rehab. And he would just keep reminding me that quote. And I would use it every day when I couldn't walk or I learn how to run again or doing agility ladders and I just couldn't do it because you really go through a lot going through a ACL surgery and you get into some dark places because you have to learn literally how to walk again and that quote really got me through it all right Mickey what's what's your favorite quote oh that's a great one Ethan actually I've used it this last two years um in all the sports I coach it it applied a lot in football this year but I've been using it uh, in basketball I mean in lacrosse just because we didn't get our season last year but I actually took it from, it's funny, an Under Armour campaign a couple of years ago. It's what you do in the dark that shines in the light. Uh, I loved it. Uh, just, I don't know how, just at first it resonated with me and I've been using it in coaching. And I mean, you can apply it to life too, you know, it, uh, in your job, in your career, uh, you know, as a husband, as a father, um, you know, some of the things that you do behind the scenes or some of the things you do uh, that others don't see are going to show up, you know, on game day or in the classroom when you're teaching or, you know, in your home life, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, like if, if you're putting in the work, you're going to see the results. If you're not, it's going to show up. Um, and it's just something we've been kind of using, you know, this last year. And I've been using a lot with the, with these guys now, you know, because a lot of these kids didn't get that season last year. So they're, you know, they're hungry. They're hungry. And it'll, you know, I'm hoping that it shows today in game one. And, and again, for me, uh, you know, as a coach and as a teacher, I've been trying to apply that same thing, you know, just really keep your head down, stay focused, put in the work and the results will show. Yeah. That's uh that two great quotes there from, from both of you. And uh, our, our next question is how do you get ready for game day? And, and Mickey, it is your game day today. So other than, than talking on podcasts, how do you normally get ready for game day? As a player coach, pretty similar, to be honest, as a, as a player, it was, you know, I couldn't eat on game days. I don't know what it was. It just the nerves, you know, the excitement. So I, I kind of ate like a bland diet on game days, but uh uh, it was funny, Ethan was kind of saying it before, and this is something uh, me and all my classmates would do. We would find that common time in between classes, and we'd get out in the field and shoot around, uh, put our headphones on, listen to some music, and just get out there and stay loose because we knew that when it was like an hour or two beforehand, we'd get in the locker room, and we'd all do our own thing. You know, like I, I remember for me, it was always putting the eye black on, you know, kind of sitting in my locker with the headphones on, playing like ACDC, stuff like that, and just uh, – you know, get immensely focused. It wasn't a lot of conversation at that time. So 
when we could kind of let our hair down a little bit, it was nice to get out in the field and just be loose and have a good time because we always, you know, once it got closer, like I said, we would just be ready to go. And for me, like I was always a movie I'd watched the night before. I'm a big fan of Rudy, um, movies like Gladiator, stuff like that, where you just, you know, really focus, good story. But yeah, same thing. I'm, I'm pretty quiet on game day as a coach, uh, even through warm up and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's funny because I'm not normally quiet when I'm coaching during the game practice. So a lot of the players over the years are kind of like, well, why is he so quiet on game days? It's just something I've kind of always done. Uh, that, that's just a different part of, you know, on game day specifically. All right, Ethan, how do you get ready for game days? Oh God. So I'm very superstitious. So <laughs> the night before I usually drink, I usually drink a gallon of water the night before and then watch some film. And the morning of, I start drinking a Pedialyte, a cherry punch Pedialyte every, every, before every game. And then I'm very calm before games. I don't really think about it much before. And then I put my elbow pads on the same way, put my shoulder pads on. I buckle my helmet the same exact way. Everything's the same. Then we have shoot around. I go out and line my sticks up the same way. I bring three sticks to every game because I break them every game. I broke my stick before the McDaniel game. And I had to use my backup. And more, like, so I'm always ready like that. But then I do the same shooting regimen before every game on the right side and the left side. And then I get into the locker room and I'm just ready to go at that point. And there's more superstitions I have. I've been wearing the same underwear since 10th grade. I wash them before every game, obviously. And I wear the same undershirt since senior year of high school. So if I don't have it, I'll just be a little bit of a mental case if I am not doing that <laughs> stuff. But other, otherwise, I guess I'm a pretty casual before every game because I don't really <laughs> like to, to overthink a game because I've, I've done it so many times that I know I'm going to mess up in a game. I know I'm going to throw the ball away. I know I'm going to get stripped. I know I'm going to get hit. Like, I, I just don't like to think about it because it's just reactions at this point being a senior in college. So just never let my emotions get to me and just have fun out there because luckily we're playing this year. So that's like our main goal this year, just to have fun. Right. And we'll hope we'll hopefully hold on. The, uh... we'll hold on to some of those. Uh, I was going to tell Ethan, just hold on to some of those mementos. Cause I, I remember the same thing. I forgot. I used to always wear the same t-shirt and I still have it. I mean, it's got holes and rips in it and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I remember, I remember my, I remember my wife saying, you're going to throw that away. I said, absolutely not. There's no yep. way I keep it in a box and with my old Muhlenberg stuff and I never throw it away. Yeah, my, uh, my dog ripped my game shirt one time, and there's a huge hole in the center <laughs> of it. And my dad's superstitious also before games. He will not wear the same – he used to wear the same clothes before every game and threw out the clothes he wore when I tore my ACL. So he's very superstitious also. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we'll hope the other schools uh, don't get this information and then, and then raid your locker <laughs> and uh, throw out your underwear. Uh, yeah, I need, I need to. I need those for Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We'll stick with you uh, for this one, Ethan. Uh, if you could sit down for a meal with one famous person, past or present, who would it be and why? Oh, Adam Sandler. I, I think that guy, I think that guy's hilarious. He's my favorite actor. And every movie, I just get a great laugh out of him. And I think just having a dinner with him would just be priceless. He's made a golf movie, right? Um, uh, maybe he can make a lacrosse movie. Maybe, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mickey? I'm going to piggyback off of uh, Ethan with an actor, per se, uh, Jim Carrey, I'm obsessed with, uh, always have been. Uh, my brother and I, ever since we were young, we would walk around the house, imitate a lot of his movies and stuff like that. And I think that just like Adam Sandler would be an eventful meal, uh, for sure. From an athletic standpoint, just somebody that, again, my brother and I idolized growing up was Barry Sanders. I'm just, uh, and you know, not even a Lions fan, it's just him in particular, uh, just a guy that, 
you know, we would go in the backyard, try to emulate his moves and just understand how he approached the game. And then I guess as I got older, you know, you, you respect, you know, athletes like that and icons like that, and just the way they approach the game and their sportsmanship, you know, stuff like that. And then if I had to pick a lacrosse one, uh, a lot of my buddies would bust on me for this one, but uh, I am a diehard Mikey Powell fan. Somebody I, I've always looked up to uh, playing style and just uh, his career specifically. I remember seeing him play uh, at Princeton, I know against Princeton at Rutgers for the national championship when he was a senior. Um, and just me and all my buddies were just drawn to obviously his presence and how good he was. And you talk about superstition. I used to wear his same eye black every single game, never changed with the triangles. Uh, I had the same orange shaft that he had, you know, so it, it was just, again, somebody that I always uh, wanted to be like for sure. So I, I think any one of those guys would be a, an enjoy, uh, you know, a, a fun meal just to kind of pick their brains. All right. And, and last question, and, and maybe you guys have answered this already, but if, if Hollywood made a movie about the Muhlenberg lacrosse assist record, who would you want to play you? Would, would, would we have uh, Jim Carrey <laughs> playing you and then Adam Sandler playing Ethan? Is that how we'd go? It would be a very funny movie, obviously. I, 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 I honestly, my, my thought was uh, Mark Wahlberg because he's, he's played an athlete. Uh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> he's played an athlete before. He played in Ted. He was hilarious in that. He played uh, uh, in a Lone Survivor. He was a great actor in that. And uh, he, he looks pretty athletic, and he's pretty ripped. I, I like to think I'm uh, looking like that, but I don't. But uh, <laughs> I think he would be a good actor to play it. So he oh, would play goodness. you? People are going to think I'm copying Ethan now. That's crazy. That's exactly <laughs> who I had in mind. All right, well, well maybe he could, play, he could play both of you then. Um, he, he, he could play both roles. <laughs> Yeah. Right, we'll get it. We'll get in touch with his agent and, and, and we'll see if there's a, uh, yeah, a movie about the Muhlenberg College lacrosse assist record uh, that some studio wants to pick up. All right. Oh, yeah. Mickey Norton, <laughs> Ethan Grossman, would be thank awesome, you very man, much for, sure. for uh, joining us today on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Uh, Mickey, good luck with your team this season uh, as you get started uh, today. And um, thank you Ethan, so much. Best of luck to the Mules team uh, as you continue through this season and uh, the upcoming seasons. And we'd love to see you put a lot of distance between your records and Mickey's old records. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> the Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College Athletics, please follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until next week, go Mules! Go Mules!